welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Bass. And thank you for listening. David? Yes. How you doing? I'm doing I'm doing great. Um Great, okay. Yeah, yeah I mean I uh I'm I'm short a little bit of a little bit of money because I went to Las Vegas for four days, three nights. Uh, now I but, know when you go to Vegas, uh-huh. I think you've told me that you tell yourself going in, I am okay with yes. losing this amount of money. Yes. Did you lose that amount? Far less, actually. Less. I, okay. I I I, I, I lost because you know the difference between like the 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 um, Indian casinos here in California and the casinos in Las Vegas mm-hmm. is that. You, as long as you're gambling, you can drink. You drink for free in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you know, you still tip your waitress and everything. But they bring you. They just right. bring you drinks. So, given that I was there, you know, three nights, you know, three and a half days, I guess. Um, like the, the amount of money I lost, given how much fun I had, and frankly, how much free booze I consumed. Yeah, I'm probably even if not ahead. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was a it was a really good time. Um, uh, I was there. Um, I'll just mention this now and we'll talk about the other thing okay. later. Um, I was there. Um, I went with my wife. We made a, you know, a, a long weekend out of it, but I was there for, uh, for work, uh, for the national association of broadcasters convention where I saw, um, some stuff that would be, you know, boring to l- listeners, but, uh, some cool stuff too. I saw some new, like, um, uh, demonstrations of some new, like, uh, film like dirt removal and de-warping and destabilization like hmm. software uh that was really impressive and um really capable it's amazing how much you know it it used to be like if you if you know when when these sort of things were like automated it would end up like being overkill and you'd end up with yeah. things being overly smooth and it wouldn't like look like movies anymore in a way uh, at least wouldn't look like film and increasingly the capability is is just uh, fantastic! What they can, what they can do, what they can uh, leave to leave up to people to fix yeah. uh, in terms of dirt removal and stuff. Um, and then um, I saw. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, so any of you, like I, I think I said this last year. Like you and I go to Comic Con. Comic Con seems pretty big, right? Yeah. NAB is enormous in terms of the show floor it's really because it's the i mean the las vegas convention center is far bigger than the san diego convention center sure and nab uses every square inch of it you know um and so there are like there are things i'll say like oh the uh the jvc booth but i'm talking the booth is like a football field with multiple rooms and like showrooms and like displays and stuff (laughs) you know uh i was like i went to the dolby booth and i saw some dolby vision and and dolby atmos um at home atmos uh demonstrations that was cool but uh so one uh, i went to the booth um of a, a japanese broadcaster called nhk um who had a, essentially a movie theater on the, on in their booth um and every 20 minutes they were showing uh 8k um demonstrations on the big screen stuff they'd shot in hk in 8k um and it was it was stunning it looked uh so uh crystal clear and i i, I joked with this at, uh, at work uh this week when i came back um i think i might be kind of into sumo wrestling now because they showed some sumo wrestling footage like in on a big screen in 8k and i was like oh i get why this is exciting this is super cool um yeah. i was not expecting you to say that if, <laughs> if you had said hey take a guess at what i'm into now i'm not really gonna like start following sumo wrestling like i do hockey but like i could like i could go and watch a sumo wrestling match and be happy now oh like, yeah it's i get it it's 
it's cool. Um, uh, yeah, there was one, like the guy, you're, you're, the, the whole point is just to push him out of this circle, right? right? It seems so simple, but there's one they're like, oh, this guy's definitely going to push that guy. Look, he's almost, he's like on the balls of his feet. He's almost out of the circle, but then the guy who's getting pushed just shifts his weight and the other guy just flies right past yeah. him. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, and an 8K, so it was great. Um, and yeah, and then I went out to uh, dinner with some people and I actually met uh, a guy who runs the film detective who puts out those oh, great, yeah. uh, old, old blue, you know, blu-rays of old, yeah. old movies. And that's run um, out of uh, UCLA, I believe, right? Uh, well, he's from Boston. Okay. Um, but, uh, I think, yeah, I'm sure some of the restorations, uh, UCLA seems to have a, like when I in all sorts of restorations, like when I look at a film detective blu-ray, it says UCLA somewhere on the top. Are you thinking of flicker alley? No. Oh, okay. Like, like more than one lesson got sent a film detective Blu-ray of oh. the, the vampire bat. Oh, that's what we were talking about. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and there at the top, it said okay. UCLA. Oh, I'm sure. I don't know yeah. in what capacity, uh, but yeah. Well, no, UCLA is big on, you know, restoration. Yeah. So I've heard. <laughs> I don't know why you're not more involved in that. Yeah. It seems like I should be. It's the thing that, the, that I know them for. Anyway. So, um, yeah, Las Vegas was a blast. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm light a few shekels, so let's, uh, pay some, <laughs> let's pay some bills. At this point, like the minute you said, like I said, I said, like, all right, we're going to the sponsorship <laughs> here. I got it. Um, all right. <clears throat> you and so, I are yeah. a well-oiled machine. So well-oiled that you can't stop pointing it out. <laughs> exactly. Um, not uh, an out, uh, not an ounce of friction uh, here. Uh, okay, we're like you know how on the, the on the Jetsons, Rosie the robot was always like, "Look how smooth I'm, I'm rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Look how well my gears work." That's a weird uh, place to go, but that's fine. Okay, I guess when I picture a well-oiled machine, I picture Rosie the robot. Wow. I guess I would think of, uh, I'm going to say any other machine first, not, <laughs> and, not a, why do I keep going to robots? Yeah, that's, and robots in like bad things. Was the Jetsons bad? Probably. I don't yeah. remember. Uh, okay. So I, I liked eek orp, eek orc op, ah, uh, ah, uh, what was it? Eek. Whoa. Op, uh, uh, yeah, eek. that's, yeah, you're right. That is. Yeah. Eek. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, that's, that means I love you. I have to like. It's a very catchy song. I know. I haven't thought of that as a thing in, I'm going to say decades. Sounds and now, and now my mind cannot. Con- now you're going to have to I listen cannot to conti- it. There's no question I have to listen to it. Okay. All right. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $5.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. All right, so right now, Mubi is spotlighting Spanish director uh, Jaime Rosales, featuring his films Solitary Fragments, Bullet in the Head, and The Dream and The, Dream and the Silence. That's one title. Uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit about these films. So shot in a split-screen format, Solitary Fragments is the story of Adela and Antonia. Uh, Antonia? Antonia? Antonia, probably. Antonia. Uh, two women living in a big city dealing with joy and sorrow. So he, as I was looking through these, I realized that this, this guy likes to play with format uh, and likes to shoot things in a unique way. So that is shot split screen, you know, 
So it's half the film that Time Code is, um, I would assume. Uh, Bullet in the Head is based on the true story of two Spanish police officers killed by Basque separatists in France. Here, Rosales, uh, he also employs an unusual filmmaking style, shooting the entire film from a distance. Uh, no close-ups or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So he turns the film into an odd exploration of voyeurism, uh, which I, that actually, I don't have movie at the moment. My uh, membership lapsed, but uh, but uh, it's that sounded so interesting to me. I, I love that kind of thing. I can get you a code for a free month. You know what? I've heard that. In fact, oh, hang on. It's here, <laughs> uh, a paragraph down from what I'm about to say, which is, uh, the dream in the silence is the story of a young couple and their two daughters who experience a tragic accident while on vacation. This one he filmed in black and white. And I think he made this one, I think, uh, only like five years ago, but he shot it in black and white and in a very minimalistic way. And because he wants to try and turn it into this naturalistic film about family. Uh, so I don't know. This is, this is a guy I, I hate to say it, but I haven't actually heard of him. I think I had heard of bullet in the head. Mm, um, but, uh, but I hadn't heard of these and it sounds like a very interesting, uh, series that a movie is putting out. So do check that out. If that sounds interesting to you, there is a special offer for listeners of battleship retention. You can try movie free for one month. Just go to movie.com. That's M U B I.com slash battleship to redeem. Now, that's how, um, I actually I, I want to ask you a question before I get into the next act okay. because uh, the way you were reading the the, the titles of those movies mm. made me realize something that even though you and I run a website together a blog together right we tend to edit our own stuff so I actually don't know certain things about how you write Tyler how do you feel about the Oxford comma well growing up I did not use it. Uh, because in California, at least at the time in California schools, um, we were not taught the Oxford comma. It was forbidden. Oh, strictly (laughs) forbidden. Uh, and so it is not a thing I used until I moved to Colorado Hmm. and then, and now it's now that's what I use. Really? Yeah. I find it to be completely superfluous. Every example. It is superfluous. There's no question about it. I'm glad you said that because people feel passionately about it. And every example people have given, about well, here's a situation where the Oxford comma is makes things more clear. Uh, I'm like, uh, no, there's a, it doesn't, it's not necessary. I can see the point of it in that, you know, it comes with a list. You know, if you're listing three things, you know, um, one, two, and three. Okay, so there's a comma obviously between one and two, and I can understand putting a comma between two and three. Um, I can see it because you don't want to see two and three as one unit separate from one. No, and that's the, the, that's, the, that's I can the argument see that. That, that that is the argument that is usually made, but I feel like in every example, you can think of a way to phrase it where it's clear. Yeah. I and think so. Yeah. It's, it's what I use because it's, it's instinct now, but yeah. at this point, if someone doesn't want to use it, fine. If someone does want to use it, fine. I, I don't really, yeah, it doesn't bother yeah, me one when, way or exactly, when the other editors contribute, you know, send things, I won't take out an Oxford comma because I know that it's yeah. up to the person. I just yeah. don't use them. Um, in fact, I'm kind of, I think, um, pretty, I, I, am pretty, I use commas more sparingly than the average person. I think I, I use them very liberally. Uh, okay. Cause I, uh, I mean, you mentioned comma and I think a comma and a conjunction next to each other are always, uh, almost always redundant. I'm sure there are examples you can 
you can uh, come up with where where it, where it's not. But if there's an and or or but, mm-hmm. if there's like comma then and or but, I'll usually take out that comma. Yeah, I, think I don't it, think it's necessary. I uh, I view it necessary, but not necessarily from a grammatical standpoint, because there are times when I will write in a very. It, in a very conversational way. And I will want this to be one sentence, but I'm clearly, I'm also a big fan of the semicolon. Um, I use semicolons a lot. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've in, in recent years, I've kind of become a fan of the semicolon and dashes, uh, more so than parentheses. I'm, I'll almost never use a parentheses, but I will use like a little dash. Uh, Yeah. But then see now, then you got to get into the difference between an M dash and an N dash, which is, deeper down the grammar nerd oh, hole than I necessarily feel comfortable. I'm yeah. very confident with the semicolon with the dashes. I feel sure. like, uh, that's, that's, you know, I got to step light. You got to tread lightly. See, and I, the way I see it is, uh, the way I, I don't mean to like pontificate about the way I write. I don't think I'm that great of a writer, but I do want to write in a way that is conversational. And, I, and I'll say this, that when I would write screenplays, I was good at dialogue. I don't give myself a lot of credit in a lot of areas in life. Uh-huh. I was good at writing dialogue. And so in that same way, I do think that I'm fairly good at writing uh, conversational um, uh, reviews and articles. And because of that, I'm perfectly fine to break the laws of grammar. I like that point of view. Uh, so. Not how I write, but uh, I, wouldn't, yeah. I don't begrudge you. Oh, when it came time to write research papers, I had to relearn some things. <laughs> um, All right. But, um, but I did, uh, you know, I don't mind telling you that on my ACT, when it came to the writing section, I did very well. Okay. Well, I'm not going to tell anyone how to write, but I will tell you how to listen. And that's <laughs> by using tweakedaudio.com earbuds. Now, that's uh, your home for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Uh, Tyler and I use them all the time, as do many of our friends at this point and many of our listeners. Uh, but you can always... I like to count my listeners as friends, David. Uh, yes. Uh, but if you are one of the listeners who hasn't picked up some tweakedaudio.com earbuds, or even if you are one of the ones who has, because you can never have enough... Uh, you go to tweakedaudio.com. They're available there at a low, low price. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Tyler? Yes? You had something to say, like Jerry, much like Jerry Blank. You've got something to say. Oh, boy. I think we've done that before recently. Oh, recently. Very yeah. recently. Um, okay, so. You know why it's been on my mind? Because when I went, uh, I think, no, it wasn't. It was um, my wife told me when she went to the Women's March back in January okay. that there was a woman just holding a sign that said, I've got something to say, which is mm. very funny. <laughs> and you know what? It's just like, oh, God bless that woman. But at the same time, I'm sorry. You've made yourself silly now. Uh, but only in my mind. 
I, I like uh, holding up Jerry Blank as a feminist icon. Is what you're doing there. Um, Anybody that has stolen a TV is no icon to me. So. Uh, speaking of funny protest things, did you see the picture of the guy at the um, uh, science march this past weekend mm-hmm. just uh, holding up a case of Pepsi? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's very funny. That's good. I like that. Um, Okay, so yeah, uh, so last week, it's no secret to anybody that uh, uh, David and I had a, something of a contentious... Things got a uh, little bit hairy. <laughs> I don't like... Sure. I don't use the word hairy in, in that regard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. But um, yeah, and so uh, everything is fine. Uh, yeah. We cut some stuff out, I can tell you that. Uh, but... Everything is fine. But one thing that, as we were talking about it after we were done recording, um, you said something that struck me, and I, and I liked the way you phrased it, and, and it actually it gave me a sense of optimism. And I'm not sure if that's how you meant it. I think it was, mm-hmm. where you were talking about we, not you and me, but people, everybody in this country and maybe even all around the world, that we're working through some things right now. I love that because a it implies that we will get through things Uh but also it recontextualized all of this shit right now whatever whether it be what's happening politically what's happening academically what's happening just as what's happening online and just Mm -hmm. things are very they're a little hairy i don't mind telling you (laughs) um yeah and people are just so angry and when you say, when you said, again, off mic, when you'd said, we're working through some things right now, it reminded me of this, that like, you know, I've been married almost 12 years and my wife and I are very, at this point, comfortable in saying that we go through seasons of, we are incredibly happy and neither of us make the other mad. And then we go through seasons where often external circumstances, work stuff, money mm-hmm. stuff, whatever, um, starts to, it stresses us out individually. And so then we start kind of going after each other and it lasts for uh, a month or two. And it's not like it's a terrible month, but, and, and we've been married long enough that we can identify a season when we're in one. Mm. And in being able to identify that, just say like, okay, well we've been here before and we've come out, come out of it. That doesn't mean that we are excused in treating each other like absolute shit or anything like that. But it just got me thinking that, um, if I'm being optimistic, which is not my natural tendency, uh, the idea that, you know, as people are, are protesting and people are getting hurt. Now, if I'm one of the people that gets hurt, then obviously that's going to put a damper on my optimism, (laughs) but, uh, or if someone I care about gets hurt, that's a different thing. But, um, but from a rhetorical standpoint, as far as how people are talking to one another, um, I do think that uh, the way you phrased it, that we're working through some things, um, it gives me uh, more than a glimmer of hope that in a few years, and it might not be as, it might be longer than we want it to be, uh, but yeah. in a few years we will come out the other side and that the country will be stronger as a result. Yeah, I th- absolutely think that. And what I say, I'll, I'll g- I mean, I'll give a little bit more um, context because I was saying it on behalf of 
Uh, I mean, a, a lot of things, but I mean, one of the things that is happening that I think I'm sometimes guilty of that I know a lot of my liberal, uh, you know, social justice minded counterparts are, sure. are guilty of is maybe a little bit of um, overcorrection. Like we're, we're seeing things that have been uncommented on uh, unfairness for a long time. Sure. And I think there is a bit of an, you know, sometimes we do overcorrect in terms of um, making generalizations about people um, and, you know, dismissing certain things uh, out of hand or whole cloth or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, that's something that I think, um, again, this is the conversation you and I were having off mic. Like I, uh, I try not to do that. I sympathize with people who are doing that right now, but I'm hoping like you're hoping that it will be, that it will be short term and, and, Eventually, um, once, hopefully we'll get to a point where everyone feels like they can be heard. Right. And then we'll start listening more. <laughs> I think is kind of what I hope will happen. Because yeah. there are, there are people who, um, f- who feel that they haven't been heard for a very long time. Yeah. And, um, now there's a tendency to say, okay, all of you who have been heard from, from a long time, just shut up for a while. And I don't think that's the way forward, right. you know, long term. but I understand that impulse in the, in the moment. And, you know, to keep the, uh, the analogy going of, uh, my marriage, uh, you know, Jen and I have a cycle, uh, that we go into as far as like, and I won't go into it here, although we've talked about it on uh, more than one lesson, you know, there are certain there are certain things she does that like just get to me, and there are things I do that get to her, and these things fit together really well. By which I mean horribly, uh, because we're just it really allows us to be angry. And the the thing about a cycle is that it is circular, which means it's hard to quite determine where it started. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, and yes. so along those lines, it's very yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, you're married. You get it. Um, but along those lines. If, if liberals are in your own, in your own words, if they're guilty of occasionally overcorrecting, then conservatives are definitely guilty of digging in their heels unnecessarily. And it would be easy to say, well, we look at the liberals overcorrection and we dig in our heels, but then it would be just as easy for a liberal to say, well, they dig in their heels. So we have to work harder to, we need to, we can't just correct. We have to overcorrect. Mm. Um, and it's easy to just say, well, we're doing this in response to them. Both sides can say that. And if both, both sides can say that, then I think you can make an argument that like, oh, wait a second. Maybe let's both just try to stop doing this simultaneously. Not stop trying to correct and not stop trying to say like, well, hang on, maybe we don't need to go this far. But I forget who it was. I think it was Brandy Posey who was here. We were having a, an off mic conversation. and All these we, great off mic conversations. I know. Though. The I just need to, I need to keep the mic going at all and times. This is why I need you to bug need to this office. A Patreon. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have access to the lav mics that we're wearing yeah. all day, every day. I think I'll just do like a Richard Nixon thing and just bug this office. <laughs> uh, so, but Brandy, uh, I believe it was her first appearance and we're going to talk about something political. And I, as I tend to do just to give someone a heads up, I just said like, now I should say that, uh, I'm a little bit, a little bit conservative. And she goes, Oh good. I was like, what? <laughs> I never hear that. And she goes, Hey, you need both. Uh-huh. 
I was like, okay, what? And she goes, well, you know, and I believe her, the way she summed it up was, well, you know, you need liberals to say, Hey, let's go. And you need conservatives say, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> and just like, <laughs> was I present? That, that I believe you, I believe you were, you might've been in the restroom, but, yeah, uh, that's very funny. but that, uh, it's obviously a simplification, but you do need both. Uh, and I think that's the problem right now is I think you have people who are, who really might think you don't need the other person or you don't need the other side. And so, but eventually you do realize that you do need that other side. And we come out, honestly, it's hard to, for me, I don't think, I don't think it's going to happen while this man is in, is in power. I don't think it's going to happen while Trump is, is president. I don't think it's possible. (laughs) I'm saying <laughs> let's not get let's, the, yeah. the secret service called. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just mean that like it, it's a very divisive thing. And so yeah, absolutely. whether he gets, you know, maybe he'll get reelected. Maybe he won't. Um, <laughs> That's funny. That's something like my, my coworker said to me today where she was being like, we were talking about the, uh, cause it's 25 years since the riots in 1992. Right. Uh, like this week, I think. Um, and I obviously wasn't, uh, I was only nine years old and living in Missouri when it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was here and she was talking about it and she was talking about like the city getting through it. And she was like, it makes me think we can get through what's going on right now. Yeah. And then she goes, but if this motherfucker gets reelected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and you know, it's hard to know if he will or won't. That's the thing is it's, he did release a tax plan that I got to admit even appeals to me a little bit. Um, I don't like that. It looks like a menu. I feel like that. I Yeah. It's just like, come on guys, employ a graphic designer. But this is the thing that happened with like the health plan where Sean Spicer's like, look at the size of this one. Look at the size of this one. And I think that's like a different, like to me as a liberal, I'm like, okay, that one looks more worked through. Like I'm glad that it uh, has a few more pages. Like don't, Anyway, uh, we're getting off. off, Yeah. So the point is Um, that like, I, I don't think, I don't think he can be reelected just because he's not doing any of the stuff that he, uh, that he said he was going to do. And even if you don't want him to do that, which, so for some people that's a success, but for conservatives, they'll be like, well, I have no reason to reelect this guy. My hope is that he gets primaried, which would be amazing. That, uh, that basically guarantees the Republicans won't win, but I'll I'll take that. That would be uh, probably be good for the party in the long run. Yes. Um, but what that, what, need, what needs to happen is the Democrats need to not fuck this up because I think there's I think there's a panicky tendency to say look how wrong things went. Yeah. We need to completely blow up our approach, and it's like no no, Democrats won the popular vote. In order to win next time, you need to tweak, not start over. And I've, I'm I'm seeing some things like, oh, whoever next next uh, uh, Democratic uh, you know uh, candidate or nominee uh, is is going to be needs to needs to be more more you know more themselves and more but like basically they're they're coded saying like needs to be more boisterous like Donald Trump and it's like no a little bit yes a little bit but really we just need to look at the few small places where this went i I say we i'm not a democrat i'm an independent not Mm -hmm. just a democrat um uh but i am you know part of the resist movement sure (laughs) and the opposition (laughs) um so democrats just need to they need again i'll say they need to tweak not start over that's how i feel it's it's a lot of themselves over if they try to nominate their trump yeah oh absolutely and that's it's what that's the thing is if you head in that direction, that's exactly what Republicans said about Mitt Romney is that he came off as like, Oh, he's too stiff. He's too bland. We need someone who's really this, you know, who speaks his mind and all that. And it's just like, <sighs> Mitt Romney did speak his mind. He's just 
kind of a boring guy. Um, you know, and yeah, you don't want to go to uh, populism, whether it be a liberal popul- populism or a conservative yeah. populism is always bad. I don't like it. Like there might be here, something, here. there might be something that appeals to you, but such is the nature of pol- populism. Something somewhere will appeal to you in that regard. You can't lead with that though. Anyway, the point is that I was, if you follow my Twitter account or my Facebook account, then you know that like the last week, ever since that episode, honestly, uh, or that, that movie journal, like I found myself in kind of a, a rough emotional place and I felt even though you or the listeners gave me no indication that I should feel bad Mm -hmm. about what I said, uh, quite the opposite. Um, but nonetheless, it's just like those conversations take a lot out of me. And if I feel like they're just going to continue in perpetuity Mm -hmm. with nothing good coming out of it, not because of what battleship pretension is, but because of what the country is and that this is just the new normal, this shitty, contentious, mm-hmm. angry, hateful vibe that the country is now giving off and starting to spread to other countries as well. Like if that's the case, then I, then those conversations, I would avoid them like the plague. But if in fact we are working through something, as you say, then I'm more inclined to steer into them and be less apologetic when we have them yeah. and on so, the show. Yeah. If we're working, so when you say we're working through stuff, we're talking about the country, but listeners, we're going to be working through it on the show too. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, don't be, don't be scared off. Think of it. I'll, I'll, I'll change analogies. I was using different analogies before this the, all this awfulness and this exhaustion that we're feeling at this, think of it as like you're working out and you're feeling the burn. This means it's sure. working. This means we're getting better. We just so it's have like to, head like, and shoulder shampoo. <laughs> that means it's working. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, if you at home would like to work through the website, here's what you might find. <laughs> that doesn't give a good connotation. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, but there's a ton of stuff going on, so I'll try and get get through this. But um, Dane Linford wrote about a whole bunch of uh, new Czech film, Czech, yeah. uh, uh, Czech Republic films. I almost said Czechoslovakia. More than half of my life, it has not been Czechoslovakia. Yeah. But it was like imprinted on me yeah. uh, at a young age. Uh, well, new- when you see stripes, you know it's Czechoslovakia. <laughs> it's like going into Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Dane wrote about a bunch of Czech. A new Czech films for the uh, covering the Czech that film tour. Uh, Aaron uh, wrote up uh, all four days of Ebert Fest, uh, which isn't technically called that. It's Roger Ebert's Film Festival, I think, is what the yeah. technical name. Uh, Sarah is still working her way through the uh, top one hundred. Uh, she she got to Rear Window, which is number sixty nine. Um, uh, let's see the double feature podcast. Uh, looked at Fast Food Nation or Taxidermia. What do we? What else we got? Um, uh, Jim's still working through Paul Verhoeven over at uh, I Do Movies Badly. Yeah. He, he talked about Starship Troopers. Alex uh, wrote about The Passenger uh, for his Criterion prediction. Nice. Uh, we got a two two part sequel cast: uh, yeah. Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Fun fact: Annihilation is a great word. Go ahead. I put this in the comment section that yeah. for many many years, uh, I cited Mortal Kombat Annihilation as the worst film I had ever seen. I reviewed it for my high school paper. <laughs> I've never seen it. I've never seen either Mortal Kombat uh, film. Um, uh, over a musical notation, uh, West did an episode on TV spy music, Mission nice. Impossible and the like. And this is his, I think, third time doing that. Yes. I've listened to the previous ones, and 
as always, it's amazing. West yeah. show is amazing. Yeah, West show is the best thing in the feed. <laughs> There's no question about it. Look, no offense, Jim. Uh, and no offense, you and me. Um, <laughs> None taken. Yeah, and uh, Scott's LA report is up. Uh, I think uh, Aaron's taking a week off the Chicago report because he wrote, you know, right. 8,000 words on e- yeah. Ebert Fest. So uh, good for him. Uh, so that's all at the at the website. Uh, something else you wanted to mention. There's a couple things over at my other website, More Than One Lesson. If you head over there, you will see a couple of, couple of buttons there on the side. One of them simply says Tyler's book. I was going to put worth watching, but people might not know what that means. But Tyler's book, you know what that is. Buy uh, my book. But, oh, no question about it. Once I get once I get my big shipment in, uh-huh. I'm going to post that 10 hour video <laughs> and you will watch it all of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, but I'm taking pre-orders for my, uh, my book worth watching. I have the printed proof right here in front of me. I'm very happy with how it turned out. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, it's going to be $15 at the moment. I am only shipping to the United States and Canada. Cause since I'm shipping this myself, uh, I don't think I can ship overseas. I am working on turning it into an ebook, but that's probably a little bit down the line. Um, yeah. So if you're interested in, in getting this book of reviews and essays of mine, then you can find that at more than one lesson.com. And I will be setting up a separate website specifically for the book, but that's again, a little bit down the line. And then also, if you live in the Orlando area, in fact, I'll just say the entirety of the South. Uh, it's Orlando and environs. Exa- there you go. Which means the entire South. That's the way I see it. <laughs> Look, if it's humid, here's what you do. Yeah. On May 5th, uh, so that's, that's coming Friday. up. Yeah, that's coming up. Um, I will be at the International Christian Film Festival, and at 3 p.m., on May 5th, I will be giving a talk called Everybody Hates Critics. Um, the title's ironic. <laughs> um, don't tell anybody. But uh, but yeah, so I'll be talking for an hour. I will have uh, a table set up. So if you want to come and say hi to me, and if you want to come and see my uh, my talk, uh, then you're welcome to do so. It'll cost $15 for that day, and you can hang out and uh, see some Christian films. And from what I hear last year, they're getting better, which is nice. All right. Now this talk, this is the thing where you hand out the little placards that say fresh or rotten on them. Exactly, yes. And I say, let's talk about 1987 in the worst way possible. Uh, and let's... <laughs> I haven't decided yet if I'm going to do a Q&A because I hate them so much, mm-hmm. um, even if I'm the one being uh, cued. But... Um, and then the, the fun fact, uh, keynote speaker, I think I've said this on the show, but maybe not. The keynote speaker which will be on Saturday, he gets an hour and a half. The rest of us only get an hour. Is in fact David A.R. White, the founder of Pure Flix, yeah. uh, and a guy whose work I do not care for on either side of the camera because he sometimes acts as well. Fantastic. So, yeah. uh, that's exciting. Where, now, where is the f- festival? It is at the Wyndham uh, Resort in Orlando. Okay. Um, and yeah, uh, come on out. It's, it's a good festival, and there's a lot of good people. And even just this will be my third year going, and even the difference between the first and second year is just as far as the conversations that I was having with people. There's a lot more movie people going to this now and a lot more movie people making admittedly smaller films, but that's what this festival is about. So awesome. All right, let's get into it. Shall we? Indeed. Uh, listeners might be heartbroken right now when they saw the name of this episode is summer movie preview. And we don't have our friend Josh Fadum with us. Yeah. Um, we couldn't, we couldn't make it work out basically like, 
You and I have a, a weirdly like booked up uh, next couple months. Yeah, on the we website. only just realized that this is what we were doing this because week, we this really, week. we usually do it later. Yeah, and we kind of realize that we have to do this now, the week that the Entertainment Weekly issue comes out, because we have guests and, and other things booked up um, in the offing. Uh, in the offing, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, I'll, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have Josh back to talk about, uh, frankly, to talk about probably something he's more interested in. For l- sure. Listeners who've been listening sure. for a long time might have caught on to the fact that Josh has become less interested uh, in the summer movies um, over over the years. It is fun that we have guests that are nice enough to indulge us. Like, there's a Justice League movie coming out this year. Does that mean that I will force Mike Siegel and Pat Francis to see it and then come and talk about it? Yes, it does. And uh, Josh does not like talking about the summer movie preview, but he'll come and do it. Yeah. And uh, it's just it's nice that people are are so willing to to bear with us. But, you know, I we've known Josh long enough to know when he was excited about the Dark Knight. I remember when Josh was. Oh, I wish he was here for me to uh, uh, roast him on this. I remember when he thought the Watchmen trailer looked good. Oh yeah, um, but uh, oh, uh, we're all we're all a lot older now. Yes, we, are, we certainly are. Um, I still kind of like the Watchmen trailer. Uh, it's a great trailer. It's it's a good trailer, and I like that um, that song, that pumpkin song, which yeah. is from Batman and Robin. I know. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's get into the summer movie preview now. Uh, you know. Things really kicked off, I guess, with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which is out now when you're hearing this, right? Is it? I think it comes out, uh, I think it's coming up. I don't think it comes out this week. I think it comes out in early May. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? I have the Entertainment Weekly here. It says release date 5-5. Okay, it's not out now. Okay. For some reason, I thought it was out this weekend. Yeah, Uh, And I saw it already, as you know from the movie journal, and I thought it was pretty good, and I did not care for the first one. And so, uh, yeah, I think think you'll enjoy it, listeners. uh, again, we're, we're, we're using Entertainment Weekly as our guide here, yeah. continuing our, for me, decades-long love-hate relationship with Entertainment Weekly. I don't subscribe to mine anymore. <laughs> okay, so you know which side of the love-hate Tyler yeah. falls on. I have been a subscriber uh, for my entire adult life, yeah. um, uh, and I have read in that in that time, I have read every single issue cover to cover, except for yeah. the October 2005 photo issue, which I missed because I mo- it was when I moved to Los Angeles. Mm. And when I called Entertainment Weekly to, because oh, occasionally I'll miss, uh, you know, I'd miss one just like last week because uh, I'm pretty sure my uh, mail <laughs> mail carrier is just like a big Goldie Hawn fan and something like that and took the <laughs> took the uh, issue. Um, but uh, so I called Entertainment Weekly. Um, when I, uh, when I missed that issue and they were like, yeah, we're out, we sold out of them. That. And wow. so, uh, if anyone has the October, 2005 photo issue, which is a thing that they don't even do anymore, but the October, 2005 yeah. photo issue with Kathy Cameron Diaz is on the cover. Um, and you want to like sell that to me or just give it or to me cause you're, it. cause you're a, a loyal, uh, and, uh, appreciative listener. Yeah. We will be appreciative hosts. Do you keep I these? The only one that, no, no okay. I, All right. Um, what I do now, I, I used to just, you know, uh, throw them away or whatever. What I do now is I, when I'm done with it, it goes to my wife who reads it next. Mm-hmm. She takes it and reads it on the treadmill at the gym. Okay. When she's done, she tears off the address label and leaves it for other, you know, the stack of you know sure. people who just leave magazines for people to flip through at the gym. So, uh, my entertainment, entertainment weeklies now end up at the gym Okay. <laughs> in North Hollywood. Um, I'm not going to tell you which gym my wife goes to. God forbid. Uh, okay, so 
That means we're going to jump around May. These aren't strictly chronological, right. but they go month by month. Uh, Seth Gordon's Baywatch. All right, so I saw a trailer for this. You did? And you know what? You take the name off of it, and it looks like a perfectly serviceable comedy. You know what okay. I mean? Like, I think the reason that people, including me, are like wary of it is because it's called Baywatch. But the story is pretty is like essentially an original story, and the comedy, you know, okay. the the original wasn't a comedy. the The show wasn't a comedy, and so like, and it doesn't seem remarkably referential. There's a little bit of like, oh, it seems like she's running in slow motion. That's but, what I've heard, and so because yeah. I didn't watch the trailer, but that the referential thing is what I heard, and that would made well, that's what made me wary because that's so it's not even close to being a new idea anymore. Like right. the Brady Bunch movie is over 20 years old at this point. Yeah. Um, and really funny, by the way, if people yeah. haven't seen the pretty much movie. Yeah. Um, and I don't understand, I understand it's worked occasionally. Like, um, the, the jump street movies are yeah. pretty good. I think Starsky and Hutch is okay. I remember liking Starsky and yeah. Hutch, but I just saw it the once, but I remember thinking it was funny. So I think it's, I think this is going to be that. And, right. and Zach Efron is funny. And I think Dwayne Johnson is very funny. And so it, it could be it, the trailer, the trailer made me chuckle a couple of times. Okay. And so it could be good, but I think the whole, the only reason that people, not the only reason, but one of the reasons that people are quick to dismiss it is because it's just called Baywatch. If it was called anything else, mm-hmm. beach patrol or something like that, I think people would be more okay with it. Uh, okay. Um, it could be another chips. Remember when they remade chips a yeah, month ago yeah. and everyone forgot? <laughs> yeah, it could be. It could be that. All right. Um, here's one I think you're excited about. Oren Moverman's new movie, The Dinner. Yeah, I uh, I wanted to see the uh, I wanted to go to the screen uh, screening of that, but I was not able to. Uh, though, you know what? I looked at uh, some reviews and they said it was only OK. Yeah. Which is a bummer. It looks weird for him. It looks a little arch for him, basically based on the. Tra- I, I just saw a trailer before a movie that I saw. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as that type. Yeah, maybe he's trying something new, which I I don't begrudge him. Uh, speaking of trying something new, um, David Michaud has made a dark comedy called War Machine, starring Brad Pitt. Um, oh yeah, I don't remember anything about it. Uh, it takes uh, Brad Pitt plays a U.S. Army general in, yes. in Afghanistan. Yes. Okay. I haven't now seen I the trailer. I just know that it's like a dark comedy satire thing yes david michaud is known for animal kingdom and the rover which both have hilarious movies they, i mean the rover has some dark laughs in it but you wouldn't call it like not enough that it's right like, uh, a prevailing tone yeah um so i am interested to see him do uh, to see david michaud do do comedy do you you know here's the thing and i say and i don't say this really for any political reasons and i know this sounds terrible part of me just feels like i think i think i i think i'm good as far as like either iraq war movies or afghanistan war movies like there's a there've been a bunch of them in a small amount of time and so if somebody says like i mean i felt this way about american sniper and i know that was a true story but just yeah. part of me just think, thinks like what what new are you going to bring to it and if this is a dark comedy that's what it's bringing to yeah. it yeah and, and but, every every movie is a chance to be new but i know, I know. like i know you know, when I get uh, a screening invite for a World War World War Two era historical piece, there's a part of me that's like, <sighs> okay, if, but yeah. then I'll go, and then sometimes they end up being great, and then yeah. sometimes they end up being exactly what I thought they'd be. Yeah, I mean, it's how I felt about Anthropoid, and I even mm-hmm. put it in my in my review. That's just like, 
what is this going to bring to it? And I feel like if it's telling a true story, then usually the true story is unique enough that it's worth telling. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if they're going to go dark comedy with it, then I'm mostly okay. But there's just certain things that, I don't know, I, you can make a great movie out of anything, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, I just wonder if some movies are greenlit simply because like, oh, I've got a movie about World War II. Oh, I've got a movie about Afga- uh, the Afghanistan War or, or anything like that. And I feel like people might greenlight it even if there's nothing remarkably notable or original about it. Mm. But that might be me being cynical. All right. Um, have you heard of this movie, Everything, Everything? I have heard of it, and I it's, feel like I just saw a trailer for it. It's kind of a like... Boy in, it's, but it's boy in the plastic bubble, but it's girl in the plastic bubble type of yes. type of thing. With uh, what's the only reason I think it's worth mentioning is it's um, Amanda Stenberg who was Rue in the first Hunger Games movie. Oh, okay. And then went back and finished high school. But I guess from what I understand, has become something of a YouTube star in, the, in that time. That's neat. Uh, is now coming back to the big screen and apparently has. I was just reading in this Entertainment Weekly has like three more movies like in the can or in production right now. So she's. Wow. She's roaring back, but good for her to go back and finish her her, her schooling. Yeah. Um, she seems like she's got a good head on her shoulders. I don't know anything about the movie. Uh, okay. So. All right. Uh, next up. M- next up, Pirates of the Caribbean 5. I was talking with a friend of the show, Dave Platt, about this. Jack Sparrow in the first Pirates was such a delight. It was it was just completely out of left field. And if you think about the way that character is written, he didn't need to be played like that. Mm -hmm. Johnny Depp got an Oscar nomination out of it. Yeah, it just it was so it was so weird and refreshing. Yeah. And then there are elements in the second film. I I like the Davy Jones character played by Bill Nye. Nye. Is it Nye or just Nye? Uh, I think it's just Nye. I feel like I just read that somewhere. Um, But I like that character. And then there's a couple neat sequences but just this this series even though it brings in good actors you know you got jeffrey rush eventually eventually had ian mcshane this time you have javier bardem and it has some interesting imagery as well but for the most part i just feel like what where can you go at this point like you know the novelty of jack sparrow has run out for me yeah because now there's really nowhere else for johnny depp to take him um except on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, which he apparently did uh, yesterday. Um, yeah, that's, and that's what I want to talk kinda, about. Which is kind of neat. I like I the idea of that. Because so. here's what I think. I think about how, like what you're talking about, everything that is cool and dangerous and risky, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't get beaten. It gets co-opted. Sure. And that's very, uh, that's almost worse to me than if, yes. like, because the choices that that Johnny Depp was making in Gore Verbinski's first movie, Disney was freaking out. They, they didn't know what they had. They were like, yeah. as, or at least this is as the story goes, is they were like really scared that like he was making all these crazy choices in this movie that they were spending hundreds of millions of dollars on. Yeah, it ended up being you know one of the highest grossing movies of the year, and and it's because of scene. him. And it's because of that. And now that thing, yeah, is just a caricature that he has it's not other people have taken it it's he's become it and that's so gross yeah and become it as an actor whether he's playing this part or not that's Mm -hmm. the other thing yeah you know there was a time when his presence in a film was exciting to me yeah and now it's i just you know what like i'm excited for his presence in a film in which he 
plays just a regular guy or as close to a regular guy as possible. Like I didn't like black mass that much, but I thought he was quite good in it. And I thought he was, I I feel like he's gone. He's gone. He's where Matthew McConaughey is now too, is that he's so convinced that he's a great actor that he feels like he has to show it all the time. And that's like, that's why I hated that Matthew McConaughey movie gold, Mm. uh, where it's just like, it's not enough for Matthew McConaughey to just play the character. He's like, no, I need the wig. I need the paunch and to get right. to put in fake teeth and yeah. do all this stuff. And I guess that's how I felt about black, uh, black mass is that uh, I, I guess I felt like, uh, Lawrence Olivier, uh, probably apocryphally saying to Dustin Hoffman, why don't you just try acting? Yes, I guess there is that. Um, I think it's, I don't know. It's uh, that, that performance, it's certainly not as reined in as public enemies, which is a movie I don't like that much, but like that, that performance is, is great. I'd like to see more of that. And then my friend Dave said, it's like, yeah, Donnie Brasco was a long time ago. And I'm like, yeah. And he's great in that. And I would love to see that again. We've seen crazy. It's, it's, it's almost enough for me to like, I've hypothesized about his uh, psychology where he is ashamed that he's good looking and sure. so has just created these grotesque characters for so long yeah. that he just hides behind it and is like now afraid to just be this be himself you know what i want from him i don't want another, another donnie brasco eventually yeah what i want i want him to start i want him to make another secret window yeah <laughs> like a movie like because it's not only is it not a showy performance it's not even a showy movie whereas donnie brasco is a big al pacino like yeah you know period piece true story type thing like to make just a little sort of weirdo horror ish movie like secret yeah. window um that you know uh, the that's not even designed to come in first opening weekend right like no one's even thinking about it coming first yeah if, if it makes a few you know if it makes 20 million dollars it's a it's a success that's the kind of movie i would like to see Don, giant up make again and i'd like to see him work with you know he worked with michael mann that is a very different director than tim burton you know if he were to work with say like a christopher nolan who is not a director i necessarily love but he's a very focused director and so if he were to do something like that i think it would benefit him greatly but but yeah so like there's a fifth pirates and i just feel like and my first thought is why well of course i know why it's because everyone pays to see them and everyone you know i did not see the fourth one i saw it on a plane and this one i don't I don't want to see it because I, I have no interest in it and I don't think it's going to bring anything new to it. And honestly, because I don't think our listeners give much of a shit, I don't feel obligated to see it uh, for right. their, for their purposes either. Good. Um, what is your favorite Michael Mann movie? Cause I think mine might actually be public enemies. It's the insider, the insider. Oh yeah. I know. Um, yeah. the insider. And then probably, probably the insider manhunter thief. Okay, so, and oh, then and then Thief and Manhunter are like duking it out for number two. Uh, Manhunter is definitely my number two, and then Heat is probably next. But Heat, like I know Heat is like at this point it's like canonized almost. It seems like, but I don't know if you noticed. It's a little long. It's, it's a, a bit little o- longer than it needs to be. I think it's a bit overstuffed. That thing is is there's some great character stuff there's some you know and it's and it's fun to just sort of let things be and just let these characters develop so i appreciate michael mann for doing that but at the same time like it does sort of feel like he's trying to force an epic yeah yeah. you know what i mean Uh, where there isn't one naturally yeah and also this is just a little thing but ever since seeing los angeles plays itself however many times Mm -hmm. four times or more that i've seen it 
uh, I can't help but notice that Robert De Niro says it refers to the Vincent Thomas bridge as the St. Vincent Thomas bridge, which is hmm. <laughs> something that Tom Anderson points out in Los Angeles plays itself. Interesting. And it's like Vincent Thomas was, you know, a city planner or something like that yeah. or, or, or an architect, something like that. And, and he says he has yet to be canonized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would appear that, uh, the Italian, uh, in Robert De Niro is yeah. really coming yeah. out. Uh, but also the Vincent Thomas bridge is also a very, uh, it's, it's beautiful down there in San Pedro, but it's also a very sad place now because that's where, uh, Tony Scott th- threw himself from. Um, that's yeah. right. So oh, that's a sad I always time. think of Tony Scott when I see the, which is not, I don't go down to St. Pedro that often, right. but when I do see the Vincent Thomas bridge, that's what I think. Uh, rest in peace. Indeed. Okay. Uh, moving on to snatched with a, which I think I'm like hesitantly optimistic about, even though I, a, I don't like, Jonathan Levine's movies. I didn't yeah. like Fifty Fifty, um, and also I didn't like Trainwreck, the last uh, yeah. Amy Schumer movie. But I blame that on Judd Apatow. Um, but I still do like Amy Schumer. I feel like, even though I know she's, um, you know, stepped in it a few times uh, in the past year or so. I saw. Um, okay, look, I don't like to push this button. I did see someone put together like a twenty-six minute. Uh, not so much a video essay, but just a bunch of examples of possible joke thievery. I've heard of it. And you know what? It's hard to deny. Yeah. Like the wording, there are some things, you know what? Some things absolutely parallel thought. Like they, they, in, in the snatched trailer, uh, these uh, uh, criminals ask Amy Schumer, like what her password is. And she says one, two, three, four. And then, so this person then references, the the code on briefcase and space balls one two three four five and it's like okay that's parallel thinking i can i can absolutely buy that but then there are certain things Wait, okay where it's i'm and sure it's, amy schumer's seen space balls undoubtedly yes but i don't think i don't think she's trying to okay. rip that off whereas when david tell he's talking about i'm sorry david he's talking about his balls uh-huh. as he is wont to do uh-huh. and he literally says like he goes he goes look on my best day on my best day my balls smell like the inside of a sneaker, you know, something like that. And cut to her talking about on her best day, her vagina smells like such and such. And it's like, and she even says, she, I believe she even says on her best day a couple of times. And that was, yeah. But again, that's not the joke. That's not the punchline. I'd, I'd have to watch this thing. I mean, that's a lot of people emulate other comics. I know. And that's not what the punchline is. The punchline is, my genitals smell a certain way on the, on their best day. That's okay. pretty damn close. And there yeah. are many, many other examples. Now that that keeps me from wanting to see the movie, yeah. I like Goldie Hawn. Exactly. I'd like As to see her to again. The final reason and the strongest reason yeah. is that I like Goldie Hawn a lot. And, yeah. uh, she hasn't been in a movie in 15 years. Yeah. Um, and I feel yeah. like the two of them might have uh, some nice chemistry. Yeah. You know, they're remaking overboard. Why? Uh, because they remake everything. Um, but, is overboard I, a people a thing people know? Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. Um uh but it's um I think it's a little bit smart that they're switching the genders. Oh, okay. Um still doesn't make it ethically okay what the one character does to the other. That's always been my problem with overboard. I know nothing that, like, about overboard. Oh, okay. So Goldie Hawn plays a rich woman. Okay. Kurt Russell plays a a a, a widower working man with okay. uh, four rambunctious kids, maybe five. I can't remember. Okay. He's got a shit ton of kids. Um, and he's like working on her boat while her, she and her rich husband, Edward Herman are docked, uh, you know, up 
upstate or whatever in this mm-hmm. small, you know, coastal town or whatever. And she falls off the boat. She's rude to him because she's rich and mean. Yeah. She falls off the boat, gets amnesia. He finds her down river and he tells her, you're my wife. Don't you know? These are your kids. Don't you know? And like moves her into his home and convinces her to essentially take care of his house and kids and sleep with him. And the eighties. I know. And then <laughs> at the end, she gets her memory back and then decides to stay with him because she's fallen in love with him through this Stockholm syndrome. It's like, it's creepier than passengers in a way. And yet it's seen as this, uh, and I, like, I think switching the genders takes some of the cultural connotation away from that. Still not ethically. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, Speaking of overboard, as much as I, I think it's dumb, um, it has. Uh, uh, this is something my, my I had not seen overboard before I knew my wife, and she is mm-hmm. nuts about this movie. Um, <laughs> and something she pointed out to me that I think is one of the funniest things of Goldie Hawn's career, which is the dream sequence that she has. Okay. And in the dream sequence, at the end, confetti starts raining down, and so she's spinning and looking up, but confetti keeps getting in her mouth. So yeah. she's like doing the. <laughs> like spitting out these little pieces of confetti, but still in her like dream sequence and yeah. enjoying it. Uh, it's hilarious. I could That's watch, funny. I could watch that shot like on repeat. Um, and, uh, yeah, Goldie Hawn's delightful. We got to go faster. Indeed. Um, three generations. I haven't heard much about except for the press release I got today in that the Weinstein company successfully lobbied, lobbied it down to a PG 13. Which one is it? I, yeah, I don't three, remember. Three generations. I know it's, I don't even know what it's about. Uh, it started with me watch Elle Fanning and Susan Sarandon and it's about trans, transgender people. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not sure what the premise is. Okay. And I guess, uh, it was given an R rating and Weinstein was, was arguing if these characters, the same situations were not trans, right. this would be a PG-13. They made yeah. the case, got it argued down to a PG-13. And now it's time for a summer smash. What? <laughs> Why like, is it coming I, out right now? I like counter-programming. I guess Those so, are the movies yeah. I'm more likely to see. Um, movie called Lowriders, uh, starring Damien Bashir and Eva Longoria. I saw a trailer for that. I'm... I'm curious about yeah. it it's about a culture we don't see very much in uh, movies yeah at least uh, not not from this perspective we often see it kind of from the outside i think i do have a screening scheduled next week or maybe in two weeks um so i'll let you know how that is it also starts stars melissa benoist or benoist or however you say oh, yeah uh, supergirl i like her a lot um this one looks good. The Lovers, starring Deborah Winger and tracy letts have you seen the premise for this i have not but i like both of them so they play a married couple okay. who are unhappy and are both having an affair, having affairs. Um, and then they essentially, I guess the premise is they rekindle the spark in their relationship. And so their marriage starts to be like an affair they're having on their, Oh, you know, do they discover they both like pina coladas? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give away the, end. I haven't seen it. Um, now what's, what's their stance on getting caught in the rain? <laughs> Anyway, that sounds like it's a great cast. Um, Did Tracy Let's write it? He might have. I could see that. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, oh well. Uh, I feel like okay. the the other people in the in the in the, in the movie are um, also stars. The people are having affairs with. But I can't find okay. the listing here. Um, okay. Uh, we've got a movie. <laughs> this one sounds interesting, although the trailer wasn't great. Uh, Chuck starring Leo Schreiber as Chuck Webner, the yeah. real life boxer that Rocky is based on. Yeah. I'm uh, Leo Schreiber. Uh, Schreiber is 
an interesting enough actor to get mm-hmm. me into, and the idea of him being in a lead role is exciting to me. So that, yeah, I just yeah. saw that. I forget. Did you ever see Goon? He's not a lead role. I did not. Major role. You, you would like that movie a lot. Yeah, uh, I'm sure good. I would. Uh, I know we're both looking forward to Take Me, which is uh, our friend Pat Healy's movie. Yeah. I mean, you know, it better be fucking good because <laughs> every time I ask him to be on the show, he's like, I'm making a movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but Manif- it does, it does look really good. Uh, manifesto is the Cape Blanchett plays 13 characters movie. Um, what do we think about that? Uh, I mixed things from Sundance. I didn't see it, okay. but, uh, yeah, uh, cautiously interested, I guess. Um, Paris can wait is, uh, I have a sc- screening schedule for that. It's the f- directorial debut of Eleanor Coppola, Francis's wife, who is 80 years old. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, and it also stars Diane Lane, which is definitely interesting. All right, huge. Yeah. Um, the Wall is a new Doug Liman movie that I yeah. think is getting no press. Yeah, which is weird because I like Doug Liman. I saw a trailer for it. Does um, it look good? It looks. It looks really interesting. See there. You know what? That is a. Uh, I don't remember if it's Iraq or Afghanistan. That's one that actually because it has like these trappings of, of, uh, you know, not unlike the movie phone booth or something like that. It's just two characters, Aaron Taylor Johnson and John Cena. Yeah. Um, speaking of train wreck, uh, not that he has one, but he was in that. And Um, it seems to uh, be more from Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson's perspective. And they're stuck behind a wall while they're being pinned down by an Iraqi sniper. Aaron Taylor Johnson is behind the wall. Oh, okay. John Cena has been shot out in the open and is just laying there. And the sniper is like, continuing to shoot him in non-lethal ways um, and and is okay. like ta- conversing with aaron taylor johnson the, i've gotten a couple i think we've gotten a couple of screening invites but i'm just i'm not able to see it but i i want to it looks I, good and i wanted to see it like i wish i could have made one of the screenings because it's the rare situation where you know you and i both work or have school yeah it's a rare situation where the press day is on a saturday so we actually if we had seen it we could have gone and like interviewed yeah. aaron taylor johnson or something but uh yeah not going to happen, I guess. But it looks um, good, and I like Doug Lyman. That's that's almost enough to get me interested. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, what about Guy Ritchie? Is that enough to get you interested in King Arthur: Legend of the Sword? The trailer is enough to get me interested. Yeah, I got to say, I, seen it. Um, I think I'm I think I'm developing a great deal of uh, of affection for who Guy Ritchie is as a director, and he's you know what? Let me put it this way: he's the director. I think he is the director that people thought Zack Snyder would be. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I don't know if I'd say he's a visionary, but, uh, but he has such a command of the world that he's creating and such a command of tone. And while we do acknowledge that Zack Snyder is interesting, we also think his stuff is remarkably dumb. I don't think Guy Ritchie's stuff is, dumb it might it might at times be sophomoric but i also think he's he's engaged some of his choices are smart hmm. and so the the king arthur when i the king arthur film when i saw the trailer for it um i was intrigued uh what about alien covenant are you intrigued by that? no neither am i Here's okay. the, <laughs> i've been having this conversation with a bunch of my with front of the show aaron newworth i've been having a conversation with fellow students I'd be more interested if Ridley Scott weren't directing it. Mm. Like it's, it's one of those things that it doesn't look remarkably special. It's got a great, great cast. Who cares? You know, the first one was better when it was not, not necessarily no names, but just 
you don't, you didn't see it for the cast, you know? And so somebody trumpeting, like, although, you know what? Danny McBride's uh, presence does interest me. Um, yeah, who do you got? You got uh, Catherine Waterston. Yeah. A name to people like you and me. Not, sure, sure. Not a, not a household Billy, name. Billy uh, Crudup. Billy Crudup. Um, and, and several Michael others. Fassbender, of course. And I'll probably still see it because it's an alien, an alien movie, but I don't have high hopes at all. Yeah. I'm not really interested. I don't, I don't know if I'll see it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I saw Prometheus, but I want more of that. Right. I know and there are people out there who like Prometheus, but uh, yeah. I wasn't one of them. I, if anything, the film seems to be promising that it's not going to be Prometheus, that it's going to be more of a conventional alien movie, but part of me feels like, okay, well, one of the beautiful things about those original four movies is that it was a new director every time doing something new with the visual mm-hmm. style. We know that we know what Ridley Scott's visual style is, or rather what it used to be and what it is now, and that is not enough to attract me. Um, okay, uh, running through some smaller stuff. I'm kind of interested in a movie called The The Wedding Plan, uh, which is an Israeli movie from director Rama Burstein, who made a, uh interesting, if uneven, movie called Fill the Void about five years ago that okay. I, that I uh, found interesting, like I said. Uh, the Commune is a new film from Thomas Vinterberg. Um, there's another Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie. How many? Are there like eight at this point? I think this is like the third or okay. fourth one. I don't remember. Uh, Wakefield is a Brian Cranston movie. Uh, Long Strange Trip is a like three-hour documentary about the Grateful Dead. Yes, that's right. No, I think it's four hours. Actually. Yeah. Yes. And you know what? I kind of admire that. I d- that's I mean, a lot of time to spend with the Grateful Dead, but but I guess that's it's a, you know as long as one of their songs feels. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Despicable Me Three. Moving. Yeah. On, I guess uh, the Mummy. I, you and I are both professed. Tom Cruise fans, yeah, and I can't get excited about who this. directed this. Alex Kurtzman. Oh, yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, and the trailer, like, it has some stuff in there that looks interesting, but it also looks like s- just such just so boring and just uneventful. I mean, it looks it looks like it's weird. It looks like there's plenty of events, and yet somehow it looks really uneventful. Mm-hmm. Um, that plane crash looks like looks really exciting and such but at the same time it just looks so run-of-the-mill yeah that's exactly how i feel um now i'm a little bit interested in the house which is the amy poehler will ferrell jason manzoukas i did see a trailer for that and that looks really funny yeah they open a a casino in their house and Uh, okay the more movies that Jason Manzukis acts in as like a fun supporting character, but not an only one or two scenes, uh, that's a win. And he looks like he's very, very funny in this film. Um, Cars three. Um, there's a, okay. All eyes on me is the Tupac movie. Oh yeah. Here's what's interesting about it. Okay. Um, the actor who is playing Biggie, Okay. It's the same actor who played Biggie in Notorious, the oh, all right. Notorious B.I.G. biopic. Yeah. So are these a shared universe then? Maybe. Is that what's going on here? I didn't know that it was based on like the posters I had seen that show, you know, the actual Tupac. I thought this was another documentary, but no, this is not. No, it's not. Okay. That's interesting. Who's playing uh, Tupac? Uh, Demetrius Ship Jr. A name sounds familiar, but I can't place him. Well, entertainment calls him a newcomer. Okay. Uh, Wonder Woman. We talked about Wonder Woman a little bit at the Wonder on the WonderCon episode. Yeah, um, you know what? I might. I think I'll see it. I'm interested in seeing it. No, uh, I mean, I'd have to. I'll have to pay. Warner Brothers has never been 
very BP friendly when it comes to the, uh, that's all right. Feel, feelings mutual. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, on, on the DC stuff, there's a whole lot of stuff. Warner brothers puts out that I yeah, wish that's we could true. get, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe we need to be nicer to DC movies. That's that's what Warner brothers has been waiting for, waiting for us to give a big fat five-star review to, I Justice said, League. I said a lot of good things about Viola Davis and suicide squad. That's the most they're going to get. Uh, Transformers nine. Uh, <laughs> you know what? It took me a moment to realize you were joking. Yeah. <laughs> I have lost track. I think it's I the fifth one. I, I don't know. Yeah. They don't put numbers on it. Uh, yeah. And yet I knew it was the fifth pirates of the movie. Um, hmm. Although yeah, that's what, true. Like I could have sworn one of them was already called dead men. Tell no, tell no tales. Well, okay. The first one is curse of the black pearl. Yeah. Then there's Dead Man's Chest. Okay, that's probably what I'm thinking of. Then there's On Stranger Tides. Okay. And then there's... No, hang on. At World's End is the third one. On Stranger Tides is the fourth one. Okay, now Dead Men Tell No Tales. Indeed. Okay. They're running out of pirate stuff to say. Uh, one yeah. could just be called Pirates of the Caribbean. R. Yeah. What would that one be rated? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. I don't know much about Band-Aid. I know uh, you saw Churchill. Maybe I did. Yeah, no, thank you. Well, this is weird. Okay. As we're into June now. Well, okay, we're into June. Good, good, good. Um, Entertainment Weekly has I, Daniel Blake listed as a June release. I saw this in the theater in December. <laughs> maybe you just got a, like... A wide release? New York and Los Angeles release last yeah, year, maybe, and it's yeah. getting a wider release. Anyway, I saw it. I know people are over the moon about it. It's not my favorite Ken Loach film. Okay. Uh, great lead performance, though. Um, let's see. Uh, see, these little ones, they don't put the director in, so I don't always know. Yeah. Uh, Beatrice at Dinner is a Selma Hayek movie. I don't know who directed it. Oh, I saw that trailer. It looked horrible. Oh, okay. Uh, the Hero, I saw at Sundance. Um, that's oh, that's with uh, Sam Elliott, right? Sam Elliott and Laura Perpon and Kristen Ritter. Um, and it actually has a great cast, Nick Offerman. The scenes with Sam Elliott and Nick Offerman are the best stuff. Uh, I really wanted to like it because it's the same director, Brett something, who made uh, I'll See You in My Dreams with right. Clyde Danner, which I was over the moon about. Um, and this one didn't live up to it. I, I didn't like the hero very much. That's too bad. Uh, okay. The movie called My Cousin Rachel, starring Rachel Vice as Rachel. Um, I feel like, yeah, that sounds familiar to me, but I can't. Yeah, yeah now I can't play. I'm not it. even going to say the name of this movie because I'm uh, an adult. I don't say that. So, oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, oh, I would love people to guess what that one is. Yeah. Uh, if they're following along in their uh, entertainments weekly, uh, they <laughs> they can do it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, Rough Night is the, um, uh, I guess, it's the Lady Very Bad Things, right? Yeah, I saw a trailer for that, and it's just... And that's, the, you know what, that's on one level good for them, but on the other, it's just like, yeah, but now you're just the Lady That... I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's un- it's unfortunate. It doesn't look good to me. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in the big sick. I know people who saw it at Sundance were over the moon about yeah. it. I, I said that I said that phrase twice in less than a minute. Yeah. Um, I, I know it was a big hit at Sundance. Um, Michael Showalter as a director is not really my thing. Um, I didn't like uh, "Hello, My Name Is Doris" uh, uh, yeah. very much. Um, I feel like he's a guy that like. For being a part of a like a groundbreaking comedy troupe, his, as a director, he's almost frustratingly like conventional and almost milk toast. 
Yeah, I could see that. I've heard, I mean, I've heard more about just the cast uh, of this film than anything about the movie itself. So maybe it's that. Yeah, and it has Holly Hunter in it, which is always a selling point. Absolutely. Uh, here's one I'm very much excited about The Beguiled, the new uh, Sofia Coppola movie. Oh, yes, okay. Um, starring Colin Farrell and Elle Fanning and Kirsten Dunst and a bunch of other uh, young women. All right. Um, there's a Clint, it's a remake of a Clint Eastwood movie. Or I, I think, by my, I think it's based on the same source material Got it. as a Clint Eastwood movie. Okay. Um, which is basically about a. Is it like a this? Is it the Civil War? It's a, a wounded soldier who's taken in to, what's the word, rehabilitate or whatever sure. at an uh, all girls bo- boarding school. Hmm. Um, and so Kirsten Dunst. Here's how old you and I are. Kirsten Dunst plays like the teacher. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Elle, and uh, Elle Fanning is the uh, young lead, I guess. Yeah, isn't that? Yeah, nuts. that's very strange. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, I don't know anything about 47 meters down, except that it stars Mandy Moore. Okay. I'm fine to move on. Okay. Uh, the Book of Henry is the new Colin Trevorrow movie. Oh, that looks horrible. Yeah? Have you seen anything about it? No. Holy shit. It looks like, oh, you know what? It looks like this year's uh, demolition for me. Oh, I feel like great. I'm going to have to see it. If I'm wrong, so be it. I don't think I am. I cannot. It looks like this weird blend of genres, but not in a good way. It looks like it doesn't know what it's trying to be, but it's so it's just trying to be everything. And I, I mean, I'm a, a astonished. It's because he made Jurassic World that this movie is allowed to exist uh-huh. at all. But man, it does not deserve to. Based on based on the trailer and what I've heard about it, it could be great. And if it is, I will say it is. Yes. I can't imagine it being. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a delightful um, uh, 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 risk, a yeah. challenge. Like, sure. Yeah, that's how I felt. Like I mean, we talked about Zack Snyder earlier. Like, uh, longtime listeners have heard me say this a million times. But going into Sucker Punch, I was mm-hmm. like. There's a 90% chance this is going to be a disaster yeah. and a 10% chance it's going to be a masterpiece and it somehow ended up being both. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, don't get me wrong. I still hate Sucker Punch. Sure. But it is like the most Zack Snyder movie, right? It does. I've, I said it when we did our profile of him. I feel like if you watch 300 and Sucker Punch, you get his view of the, <laughs> the, the two sexes, you know, and this is how they fight. Um. So there's a sort of biopic of a Canadian folk artist. Uh, it's called Maudi, okay. M-A-U-D-I. And what uh, I'm super excited about is the cast, the pairing, Sally Hawkins and Ethan Hawke. Not just because their names yeah. are great, but because those are two actors I really like. And also, it seems like a weird pairing in a way. Yeah. But I'm excited to see them play off each other. I'm more excited for her than for him. I've never been a huge Ethan Hawke I think fan. I know that about you. I yeah. get it. I've always been a big Ethan Hawke I don't Hawk dislike fan. him, but he's n- he is not but, a draw. Well, you know what it is, is that you've never seen the before movies. Yeah. And that's a big part of what it is. Yeah. Uh, what it is for me. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, oh, The Bad Batch I'm excited about because that's the new film from Anna Lily Amrapour who made um, uh, Girl Walk Home, A Girl Walks Home Alone. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this one um, stars Keanu Reeves. So you've got, I love when weirdos work together. Yeah. <laughs> you got a couple of weirdos <laughs> making a weird movie, I get hope. Some, get some Crispin Glover in there and now we're talking. Um, 
Now, I'm not sure if anyone on film Twitter Twitter has mentioned this movie Baby Driver. I'm not sure if I've heard hmm. uh, nothing about it or everything about it for months. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, it's the new, uh, the new Edgar Wright movie. It does look like a lot of fun. And it looks like a lot of the actors are having a lot of fun. Okay. Well, you've got, um, I mean, I like, I, I have liked Ansel Elgort in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, you've also got Kevin Spacey and John Hamm, actors that I'm not necessarily a huge fan of outside of the things that they're good in, I guess. Like, I love John Hamm on Mad Men. Yeah. Everywhere else, I'm kind of like, uh, I've never really bought into it. It seems like he's either too much winking when he plays his comedy roles. Sure. Right? Like, like he's saying, like, hey, isn't it funny that me, John yeah. Ham, look how handsome I am, incredibly handsome man, yeah. am also very funny. Yes, isn't that uh, isn't that delightful? Can you believe? It? Is there anything I can't do? Maybe I'm just jealous. Um, and I yeah, remember. Kevin, I think he was pretty good in the town. He plays that character pretty straight. Never saw it. Maybe I need to see more. I also never saw the remake of uh, what was the, the 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 movie that he was in the remake of with Jennifer Connelly. Uh, the day the world stood still, right? The day the earth stood still. The day the earth stood still is what I. I, uh, I did not see that either. Yeah, but that, he's in that, right? Yes. Um, I do recall liking him uh, comedically. I do remember liking him in uh, Bridesmaids. Well, I like the. Uh, oh yeah, can he do this? <laughs> do you remember that part? I don't remember what <laughs> it is. He's when they're in bed and she's like, "Oh, I have a date to the wedding or whatever." His name, and she like makes up a name like George or whatever, and he's like, "Oh yeah." can George do this? And then he just like grabs her breasts and feels it for like 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> I remember, I believe when he first shows up or maybe it's not, maybe it's a little bit later. I think it is. Uh, she's, she's like stuck in the desert or something and he shows up and he just screeches into frame in his car and he goes, boom, fuck buddy to the rescue. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. All right. I guess I like him. I'm over it now. Uh, I'm excited about the new Bong Joon-ho film, but I don't know how to pronounce it. Okay. It's O-K-J-A. Okja? Okja? Uh, yeah, I don't know. No, I'm I not don't. even going to attempt it. Um, but it's Bong Joon-ho, so I feel like yeah. it'll be pretty good. But I got, yeah, I got like a, um, it, God damn it, it worked. I got like a press email about it that it was the kind of thing where you had to read down to the bottom to realize it was, it was like, what is this thing about pigs? Like, how did I get on this person's mailing list? And then it's not until you get to the bottom that you realize like, Oh, this is like a viral thing. Got marketing for uh Bong Joon-ho's new movie. Um, there's a, a, apparently another Amityville movie coming out, huh. uh, starring Bella Thorne. Okay. Um, do you know, we're getting in later in the summer where I've heard less about these movies. Okay. Uh, do you know anything about it comes at night? Looks like a horror movie. Uh, I feel like it would have to be. Joel Edgerton, Carmen Ejogo, and Christopher Abbott. Uh, No, doesn't uh, ring a bell. All right. Let's just move on. Yeah. Uh, Oh, here's here's a movie I am excited about. Uh, Atomic Blonde. Which Which one is that? That's the, well, we already have the Lady Very Bad Things. Atomic Blonde is the Lady John Wick. Oh, all right. uh, Okay. Except it's, uh, I mean, that's that's dismissive and reductive to call it Lady John Wick because it's also um, a period piece like a Soviet Soviet era uh, period piece where she's a kick-ass spy assassin, um, and it has James McAvoy in it as well. Um, and I, yeah, I also think she's like bisexual. It looks awesome. You, you know what? You had me in Soviet era. I <laughs> like the idea of like, is she a British spy or an American spy or is she a Soviet no. spy? Uh, no, I don't think she's. I think she's American, and she and like James McAvoy is her. Uh, handler or something uh, or no he maybe he's the it's like uh what's um 
Felix Leiter, is that the... Sure, sure. It's like, imagine that switched, I guess, where the got American it. one is a badass. Not that Felix Leiter's not a badass. Right. Um, right. He's got his own thing going. Okay. That sounds... Yeah, that sounds... Really, who made it? Uh, David Leach, uh, who is um, from the John Wick team. Oh, okay. Uh, I believe. Um, that sounds fun. Yeah. All right. Um, an Inconvenient Sequel. Uh, never saw the first one. Is this yeah, a sequel? Scared enough. Is this a sequel to An Inconvenient yeah, Truth? Yeah, it was. It was one of the opening night films at Sundance. Oh, okay. Yeah. What was the buzz coming out? You know, I feel like it just like went away. <laughs> like no, no one was saying it was bad, but also like by the end of the second day, no one was talking about it anymore. Is how kind of how it felt. I feel like an argument could be made that like he's is that, I assume Al Gore is a part of it again, yeah, right? Yeah. That like yeah we we don't need this now. Like we've got plenty of people talking about this yeah. stuff already, you know, uh, Spider-Man homecoming. You know what? It's, I, I like this actor, Tom Holland playing Spider-Man. I like the idea of Michael Keaton as a villain. Um, and it looks, and it looks really interesting because it, it includes, uh, Tony Stark as a sort of, uh, guiding force as sort of a mentor. And I like, I think that's, that's a neat idea. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I, I wasn't as over the moon. I'm going to use uh-huh. that term. Uh, I wasn't as crazy about the trailer as some people, but it also, there's, there's enough there to intrigue me. Um, you know, I didn't like civil war, uh, very much. And I really didn't like the big climactic, uh, fight between all the heroes. But within that, the Ant-Man and Spider-Man stuff worked the best. And so if you, and Spider-Man is a unique a uniquely cinematic character, like, because you can just, the camera, you know, swinging along with him can be really exciting. So if you have a director that is able to capture that, then I think, uh, you've got a a good movie on your hands, but, uh, but I'm, I'm not cautious, but I'm not optimistic either. I'm just interested to see it. Um, I'm interested in the documentary side and seeing city of ghosts, which is, uh, about um, citizen journalists in Syria, and it's directed by the oh. guy who made Cartel Land. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's two, uh, two great, great things. Um, uh, who's our friend who uh, uh, has been on the podcast? Who had the project about you know journalists in uh, Eric Matthews, my Eric old boss. Matthews. Yes, Eric Matthews, yes. definitely uh, uh, of his alley. Uh, another one that I'm bummed I didn't get, get to see at Sundance because I re- actually really tried to and couldn't uh, make it to any of the screenings. Is called To the Bone. Um, it's, uh, I'll just read the description here. Lily Collins plays an anorexic whose recurring bouts of frail health land her in a treatment program led by an unconventional therapist played by Keanu Reeves. And this is the directorial debut of Marty Noxon, who is a, a big name in TV going back to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, okay. Where, uh, so Marty Noxon plus Keanu Reeves. And sure, I like Lily Collins. I have no problems yeah. with Lily Collins. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, especially when the rules don't apply. Uh, nice. <laughs> all right. Uh, Wish Upon is um, uh, a horror movie that I saw the trailer for. Okay. Um, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I don't know anything about it. Okay. Wish Upon is about an evil genie? Um, close. Very, you're very close. Okay. All right. Um is it about, well, I mean, Wish Upon, so maybe like Wish Upon a Star, is it like an evil fairy or something like that? Uh, no. You're, you're I'm getting little, further? You're being a little too, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, anthropomorphic here. 
Oh, okay. Um, a bullied teen whose mother committed suicide discovers a mysterious music box. Okay. That grants her seven witches. Witches? No. Seven witches, which come at a deadly price. Okay, so it's not even like a thing granting him wishes. It's just her. the... Her, pardon me. Uh, it's just uh, this this thing. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. I okay. might enjoy it. Uh, all right. First Kill. I don't know. It's a Hayden Christensen movie. Okay. Okay. Uh, Landline. I saw at Sundance. That's a um, uh, uh, Julian Robespierre's follow up to the movie that I loved so much with Jenny Slate, Obvious Child. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, this was one really 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 muted reaction at Sundance, and I kind of get it. I think I liked it more than most people who saw it there did. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely not as good as Obvious Child. But it also it is a more ambitious movie. It's a period right. piece. It has far more characters. It's about a family. It's an ensemble piece as opposed to, you know, having, uh, one, one lead. Um, and, uh, um, I definitely recommend seeing landline, but I understand people who, you know, who saw obvious child and loved it as much as I did. Being right. A little, being a little bit let down. Um, you mentioned Christopher Nolan earlier. Are you excited about Dunkirk? You know what? Uh, it look inst- too heavy. Instinctively, no. But honestly, I wasn't excited for Interstellar either. And then I, but I saw it because I wanted to be, I wanted to be able to talk about it. And I don't think, I don't think Christopher Nolan can make a completely bad or boring film. He is, in broad strokes, he's a really, he's a great storyteller, and he has a nice visual sense. And the idea of him tackling a war movie my my only concern is that it'll be a little bit too airless that's a big problem with him yeah and i feel like combining that with war might not be great um but i'm sure it'll be it'll from a spectacle standpoint i'm sure it'll be great but um so i'm i'll see it i'm going i'm going to see it like i see all of his movies just because he's but i wish he would i wish he would get over himself a little bit i don't the thing, yeah. the the uh, insultingly pithy thing that I've said about him is that he's James Cameron, but he thinks he's Stanley Kubrick. And if he could just sure. make like a James Cameron type of movie, because I love James Cameron and I yeah. love Stanley Kubrick, I love James Cameron's movies, even Avatar, which you uh, hate. That, um, uh, I I love James Cameron, and I wish if if Christian Nolan would just make a big sappy that that sort of smart slash dumb thing that James Cameron does really well yeah. like that's very emotional it's full of pathos if he could make that and yeah. not try and do the airless like intellectual yeah. thing uh, I would I would love it but you know and I think honestly that's why I responded to Interstellar as well as I did not that I loved it by any stretch but there was a surprising amount of emotion in there and he, up until that moment I thought that Christopher Nolan was a pretty emotionless uh, you know you talk about the idea of like sentimental it's like oh that's and sappy no way like that's not him i feel like i I worry that he goes too far in the other direction but interstellar gives me enough hope from an emotional standpoint that he might be able to lock into something really special with dunkirk and so i'm i'm curious but at the same time yeah it's going to be heavy as hell and i'm going to need to like prep myself for that film um all right next up uh a movie that i'm nervous about and excited about okay or I'm not nervous, trepidatious, maybe is the word. Uh, David Lowry's A Ghost Story, uh, which is, so two reasons. Okay. I have not liked 
David Lowry. <laughs> I didn't like Anthem Body Saints. Right. I didn't With the see, same stars, right? Um, I didn't see Anthem Dragon's Pete's. Uh, but I'm interested in Anthem Stories Ghosts. These are all jokes you would have heard if you had listened to our Sundance episode. That, Indeed. That, that, uh, that, that we did. Um, anyway. Um, I did see Pete's Dragon, and there's an, I didn't love it, but there's enough there to be interesting to me. So I'm not, yeah, nervous about, trepidation about David Lowry. Still not, there's still a little bit of an ick factor with Casey Affleck, I think, after like the, you know, sure. um, allegations that have come to light. Um, but, a, it also has Rooney Mara. Yeah. Can't go wrong. And, like, everyone who saw this at Sundance loved it. Like, I think it was uh, Scott's favorite movie at Sundance. It is a horror movie, correct? Uh, I mean, to the degree that it's a ghost story. It, yeah. And that, that separation, like that, uh, what do you call it? I can't think of the word. But anyway, um, that distinction oh, okay. um, makes me more interested because while I did not love Pete's Dragon, if you had told me, which you are now telling me, that that director would go on to make a ghost story, I'd be like, "That's perfect." But do you know? Do you know the hook of a ghost story? I don't. So Casey Affleck plays the ghost. Okay. But this isn't like CGI shimmery thing or whatever. He's literally a guy under a bedsheet with holes in it. Oh. He's but he's actually he actually is a dead ghost who's yeah. walking around and Rooney Mara can't see him. But that's what he looks like. It's just a guy under a bed sheet with the eye holes in it. That's kind of great. Pete's Dragon, there's a a nice quiet command of tone to it. And so I feel like him doing a a, a ghost, Mm -hmm. quite literally a ghost story, I think would be interesting. Okay. Um, I don't know much about Girls Trip. Uh, stars Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett Smith, Regina Hall, and uh, Tiffany Haddish. I don't know who that last last person is, um, but I like. I mean, that's a good cast. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that movie's not for me. But <laughs> it's not that, aimed at you. It doesn't mean you won't like it. Uh, right? No, no, I know. I'm, what I'm saying is, is I'm. It always excites me when there's a movie that's very sp- for that's aimed at a very specific uh, subset of of viewers that yeah. don't get to see a lot of movies. Or sorry, they don't. They're not thought of when Hollywood makes movies. Yeah, they don't get a lot of movies made made for them, unfortunately. Right. Um, but uh, I'm still, if I see it, I'm not going to, like, give it any points for that. Right, of course not. <laughs> of course know. not, yeah. Uh, all right, the Emoji movie, I don't have, I don't have any thoughts, really. I, I don't care. I don't. like that to me is and maybe it's funny you know lego movie was all right but like at the same time like i can't picture how it could be good (laughs) but i've been wrong before yeah i could be wrong again it's got a good voice cast yeah tj miller patrick stewart uh james corden i guess i like james corden i don't really have any thoughts who directed it uh tony leondis I don't know who that is. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, Patty Cakes, another movie that played at Sundance. A lot of, oh, God, so many movies played at Sundance. Um, I feel like I saw a lot of movies there, and then there's all these movies here coming out I didn't see. Yeah. But they were there. Um, let's see. Wild Sundance with her self-assured portrayal of Patricia, Patricia something, an aspiring rapper from a dilapidated New Jersey town. So it's about oh. an aspiring rapper. Um. War for the Planet of the Apes. I didn't even realize there was another one of these coming out. Uh, I'll see it. I've liked. Yeah, you. Were. I like these other ones, and I think this will be. Here's my concern, though, and this is something I said in my review of the of the the last one, is that 
it feels like they're moving too slow, but I guess when you get to war of the planet of the apes, it's like, all right, now we're actually going to commit to this, which means characters are going to die and oh, there's right. actually something at stake. You know, just like there was a big moment in the last one where a, an important character, it seemed like he was dead. And from a structure standpoint, he should have been dead. Mm. Um, because that would spur a lot of things on, but then he lived and it's just like, ah, no, no, no. Uh, this is more effective for me emotionally if he doesn't make it. And, uh, so my guess is, is they'll, my hope is if they're calling it warfare of the planet of the apes, that they'll really like double down on everything. And, and it will be the chaotic, uh, action filled movie that I want it to be. Uh, all right. Um, Lady Macbeth is a movie that I saw the trailer for. It's not about the Lady Macbeth. Okay. Uh, I think that's probably like a metaphor or something. Okay. Um, but uh, it, I saw the trailer. It looks pretty good. So, uh, 19th century England. Catherine begins an affair to quell her boredom. Yeah. Okay. So, but a woman having an affair. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like uh, Lady Macbeth did. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Here's a movie. That I'm excited about. Okay. And have been excited about since last year's Comic-Con. Hang on, hang on. I don't know what movie you're about to say officially. Don't show me anything. Oh, I was trying to hide it and I might have accidentally showed you more. No, 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 I didn't say anything. Okay. But I am going to guess. Okay. You said Comic-Con. Yes. And that's already too much. Is it that Valerian movie? Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Yeah. Uh, I love Luc Besson Mm -hmm. and they showed us a a good amount of footage um, even though they were still... Still filming, uh, you know, yeah. this was a year, you know, last July, and this movie isn't coming out until July. Yeah. Um, uh, but it looks like, as someone who loves the fifth element, it looks like another fifth element type yeah. of, like, just crazy, uh, <laughs> you know, sci-fi space action uh, fantasy adventure with people with weird costumes it looks really good to me i did see a trailer for it and it's gonna bum me out when it doesn't do well oh it's not gonna because do it's not a name that people know uh yeah i know it's based on something but not you know it's not a marvel comic so who cares no I mean, i'm sure i think it'll do well in europe probably um, yeah so i'm not that i'm not that worried about it um but uh it also stars um cara delavine um an actress that I have always liked, I guess. Okay. Um, but I didn't see Suicide Squad. She was Enchantress. Ugh. I don't know. I have no it's idea. Not, what that look, means. it's not her fault. Yeah, I, okay. Uh, but I like her. Um, and it stars Dane DeHaan, so okay. he's great. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're getting into some stuff I really don't know anything about. Right. Are we in the home stretch? How are uh, we doing? We're, we're in July, uh, so we still have August to go. Okay. Finishing up July. Uh, Paulina. Polina stars Julie Binoche. It sounds great. Okay. Uh, Brigsby Bear played at Sundance. Um, it seems kind of. There is a surprising amount of Sundance stuff yeah. coming out this summer. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it seems kind of like the dumb, like quirky Sundance indie yeah. type thing that I don't like, but it also stars Kyle Mooney from Saturday Night Live, who's uh, right up my alley. I think he's very I funny. I don't think I can actually place him. Um, there's a tiny picture of him if that, if that helps. Um, he's the guy with the short guy with the glasses and long hair. Um, yeah, it doesn't quite play. I can't quite place him. Okay. From the land of the moon starring Marion Cotillard. Oh, all right. The incredible Jessica James also at Sundance. Okay. Um, with starring Jessica Williams and Chris O'Dowd. Um, 
I don't even know what Menashe is. I feel like I might have seen a trailer for that, but I don't remember what it is. Um, oh, wait. Uh, oh, we're about done here. Oh, really? Yeah, there's only a few in August here. Um, the Dark Tower apparently is coming out. You'd think we would have been inundated with uh, advertising by now. Uh, but, yeah. Um, seems weird. Uh, Detroit, a trailer just came out for that very uh, a couple weeks ago. That's the new uh, Catherine Bigelow movie starring oh. uh, John Boyega. Takes place in Detroit in 1967. Um, oh, cool! I'm excited. Yeah, uh, Wind River is Taylor Sheridan's uh, directorial. The guy who wrote Sicario right. and Hell or High Water, right? Yeah, uh, he directed. Uh, it could be good. Wind River. Who's um, to say? The Hitman's Body. The Hitman's Bodyguard, starring Ryan Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson, and Gary Oldman. That actually sounds like it could be the kind of like, like. You know how I like that movie Safe House with Denzel Washington and, yeah. and, and Ryan Reynolds, actually? Yeah. It seems like it could be that, like, August, like, mid-budget action, like, R-rated action movie that I end up loving. Yes. Uh, uh, but then it also could be another, you know, like, R-rated, mid-budget, R-rated action, uh, August action movie, mm-hmm. uh, like The Gunman with Sean Penn, which was like... Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I believe that was my first introduction Mark to Mark Rylance. Yes. Because yeah. um, I never saw Wolf Hall, was Wolf it? Wolf Hall, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the one to see. Uh, okay, Logan Lucky. Do you know about that? That sounds familiar. Channing Tatum, Riley Keough, and Adam Driver. Yes. Oh, it's Steven, Spod- Steven, Steven Soderbergh's movie. Right, that's right. Why. That's why. Uh, and Death Note is the last thing we'll say um, because uh, it's Adam Wingard, who, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're next. The Guest. Yeah. Blair Witch. This one. But also, much like the recent uh, Ghost in the Shell already causing some controversy because mm-hmm. it's... Uh, Japanese source material that's been whitened up, apparently. Got it. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. All right, I think we're done. Is that actually it? Yeah. That's crazy. Why didn't they have more stuff in August? I guess it's still pretty early, and I guess they're starting in May. Uh, Yeah, and August is usually traditionally not where a lot of great movies are found. Well, great. in August last year. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, Ben-Hur. Yeah, well, but also I think didn't didn't Jason Bourne come out uh, in August? I feel like that was July. Okay. But in any case, yeah, yeah. Bad, bad movies. Yeah, well, but it's not a, in this case when it's summer. It's not about whether they're necessarily good or not. It's right. whether they're going to be big. And Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad was huge. Um, yeah, that's true. That's so, but so, I don't yeah. know. Maybe Lucky Logan, or whatever I already forgot the movie was yeah. called, uh, is going to be a huge Suicide Squad. Style hit. Who's to say? Maybe. And, and Death Note will be the next Ben Hur. Whatever that means. Oh boy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. Uh, there's not. I, I don't really keep track, probably because I don't get Entertainment Weekly. I really don't keep track of what is coming out over the course of a year, unless it's something I can't avoid. Like, okay, I know there's a Star Wars movie coming out. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. And stuff like that. Um, so. Some of this stuff looks good. I'll probably see stuff that doesn't look good just because I feel like I need to talk about something. Um, yeah, you got you to gotta break free of that. You got to realize there's plenty of movies. We'll have plenty to talk about. Well, that's true, see, yes. Tyler, I used to be like you. Oh, I don't care for that. And you know what? The, it, let me suggest this. Perhaps the reason that you can afford not to be like me is because I'm like me. Uh, and, yeah, we, uh, we have, yeah you, have, you have it covered. Yeah. You'll have the, the Alien Covenants. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna. And the um, I would have taken King the screening Arthur. if I was gonna be if I was in town. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Scott will be reviewing it uh, for us on the yeah. website. So, yeah, and that's. I mean, there's. I won't see anything that I'm genuinely uninterested in. 
you know, there's stuff that I'll have mild interest in stuff that I think might not be that good, but could be interesting and, or at least provide something interesting to talk about. Um, which is why, which is why, you know, I'm more likely to see that, uh, awful looking Colin Trevorrow movie, the name of which I've already forgotten. The Book of Henry. The Book of Henry. I'm more interested in seeing that than... Please, it's Trevorrow. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> Trevorrow. Um, I know we've done it before, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd see that, even though it looks... It looks worse to me than the fifth Pirates movie. But the fifth Pirates movie just looks boring and mediocre and completely conventional in josh's absence boring boring um yeah so like i'll take something that is interestingly terrible even if it is in fact terrible than something that's just going to be business as usual you know i I agree all right uh you can find us at battleshippretention.com and that's where you can find all of the movie reviews uh of of probably all this crap over the summer um stay keep yourself glued to the website all summer for indeed all you know step right up and win some crap (laughs) that's from the jury yes it is Anyway, um, that's at BattleshipRetention.com. There's all sorts of movie reviews and other, other links to other podcasts uh, there, including the uh, What the Hell Are You Watching is our uh, newest addition to the fleet. I'm yes. not sure if it's up yet uh, as of you hearing this, but there will be that's going to be part of the fleet soon. Um, you can uh, email us at david at BattleshipRetention.com, which is where if you have questions for our video mailbag segment, Ask BP, uh, on the website and on our YouTube channel, uh, email them to me, David at BattleshipRetention.com. Email whatever you want to Tyler at Tyler, Tyler at BattleshipRetention.com. <laughs> follow Fra- me. The phrasing of that is very <laughs> uncomfortable to me. Uh, follow me on Twitter at DaveyPretension. Follow Tyler at TylerPretension. Uh, more than one lesson, what's going on? Uh, we don't have an official episode this past week, but there are a lot of, uh, I, I've, my writers have been working really hard lately. Uh, I brought in a, a new one named Tober Corrigan, uh, who has a delightful name. Yeah. Uh, and he wrote a review of, uh, free fire and another one of, uh, the lost city of Zed. And then, uh, Bob Connolly has been writing some stuff. So, and then my, the other podcasts in my, uh, what I'm tentatively calling the, uh, faculty, like um, they're they're doing some good stuff too. Over at uh, Fear of God, they're going through um, a number of uh, M Night Shyamalan films, so and finding really interesting things to say about them. So, uh, and then next week, if things go the way I need them to, uh, then there will be an episode about the Lost City of Zed mm-hmm. with the companion film Bugsy. Okay, um, so that's where you can find us. You can uh, also find us on Instagram at Battleship Pretension, and you can find me on Snapchat. I'm trying to be better about it uh, at Battleship Pretension with no vowels in it at all. Uh, I think that might be uh, set, uh, holding us back a little bit. <laughs> uh, but that's my Snapchat, um, or our Snapchat, whatever you want to say. Uh, what else do we say? That's it, right? I believe that is it. Well, you can always like us on Facebook. Oh, sure, yeah. That's helpful as well. Uh, So so thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 